Hi and welcome to The Garden Pod. I am Teen and I'm sitting here with David Whitney. Now, David Whitney, um, we're going to talk a bit about project-based learning. We are. And why am I talking to you about it? Good question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, Teen, uh, it's great to be on the pod. Um, I am David Whitney. I am head of social science, but in a previous um, form, I used to run a very small project-based learning uh, humanities, drama, art uh, curriculum in my old school. So on the back of Inquiry Week, um, that has reminded me of some of the fabulous things about project-based learning. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess that's why we're speaking now. Yes. And just tell me, how long have you been at GIS? I've only been at Garden since August, okay. so half a year so far. And previously? Uh, previously, I was working in London okay. for 12 years. And was that when you were doing... Sure. So um, I think I started probably seven years ago. I was given a, um, we called it in- integrated learning scheme then. And it was uh, the humanities year seven curriculum, mm-hmm. but with some ICT, drama, English, and it was trying to develop skills and thematic learning. Um, so I did that in my first school yeah. for four or five years varying degrees of success but then when I moved on to be head of humanities the school I went to was um, she's a school based on a lot of Swedish kind of models of learning and we know Scandinavians are the best (laughs) (laughs) and um, it was quite innovative in what it was trying to do and it had this thing called real learning um, which it worked with the department for education there's there's a department within the department called the innovation unit who are charged with trying to come up with innovative schemes of learning. And is project-based learning, is that innovative? Uh, It is innovative. It needs to be, yeah. yeah. Can you run me through, or for Mm. the listeners who do Mm. not know much about project-based learning, what is it? (laughs) Um, Yeah, just briefly. uh, So project-based learning is trying to deliver curriculum through a project where the outcome of that project is usually presented to an authentic audience Mm -hmm. and it has uh, a relevance to the real world. So you are using um, uh, topics that are happening in the real world and you're kind of charging the kids with the responsibility to solve a problem or to complete a project, um, which will then be, very crucially, which will then be displayed or shown to a real-life audience. And who would, what would that real-life audience look like? Sometimes the real-life audience, in, in my experience, has been um, an expert or a representative of, for instance, Amnesty International. Okay. So we took it to Amnesty International's office to do their speeches on human rights. Sometimes um, it's their parents. Mm-hmm. So um, I'd, have to, I'd have to sort of say the best school... I've seen for doing project-based learning is a school called School 21. Uh, we did some training with them, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they're in East London, and they do something amazing called uh, Evening of um, Excellent Work, and they do basically exhibitions, and they make okay. the whole school an exhibition, and they invite governors and parents, uh, etc., um, to come in, and they just open up the school, and they say, we are going to show you the excellent work the kids do. Yeah. Um, they Their whole entire curriculum is done project-based learning. So, but then how do they get the external involvement, and how did you get external involvement, like Amnesty International? Yeah. So, 
I think, to be honest with you, part, part of that really um, is done through being in London. Yeah. And there's a whole load of people in London that, you know, usually you volunteers, there's lots of contacts, volunteers, businesses, you know, um, corporate responsibility, and, uh, businesses want to, they, they're charged with the responsibility to be involved with things with kids. Okay. And so you can lean on those, lean on that stuff. Museums, education departments at museums, um, yeah. And, and then contacts of teachers. Every project I've ever been involved in, um, the, m the more teachers you get sat around the table, the better the project becomes. Because okay. every teacher comes with, with their own little expertise and contacts. Yeah, so is that a way to also get teachers engaged in project-based learning? Absolutely. Because how... How would you do that? How do you get it's one very thing difficult. is getting yeah I can imagine because <laughs> one difficult. thing is getting students mm. you know we are the teachers mm. we can I mean in so many I would say I would say that they're, they're generally you start from the point of view of some teachers are immediately going to be into it with you yeah and some teachers are immediately not so okay. so you're always working with two camps yeah um, and I what think in my in my previous role I was probably a bit quick to get frustrated with that mm -hmm. I don't think it's necessarily the fault of any teacher who doesn't fall into that I'm up for it camp I think mm. people have been working a certain way and are very good at working in that way mm. and you're asking them to do something completely different yeah. and they feel like you're taking away their ability to do this well. Yes, and I mean, but I'm also assuming that if you're doing something that you think is the bee's knees, like project-based learning, well, I, yeah. you, you will get frustrated. Become the bee's knees. Yeah, but you will also get frustrated with people who don't see it the same way as you do. But then how yeah. do you change the point I of think, view? I think a big uh, a way of changing the perspective is to try and get the teachers to understand that their input and their involvement and their, and their worth in the project comes in the planning aspect of okay. it. That when they're in the classroom, that's going to feel very different. Yes. But they, but that doesn't mean that they're useless. No. Because when they sat around the table and we were having a meeting and we needed some content. The other big thing is that in project-based learning, normal knowledge-based curriculum is not obsolete. Like it's absolutely should crucial. be part of it yeah. and crucial. And so, you know, usually a project would start with one or two weeks of very traditional history or geography lessons. So how long is the... So the projects you've run... Half terms. Oh, really? Mm, usually half terms. But we're not doing it like we... Like, I mean, the, the ambition and the bravery of the Inquiry Week here is sensational, like okay. amazing. <laughs> yes. Um, we were doing it as our curriculum, so it might be like... Uh, so in Year 7, it was actually five lessons a week, so okay. it was quite a lot. Yeah curriculum um, so yeah you're trying to get teachers to sit around and, and plan before the project really and and that's where their real input and expertise mm. needs to be utilized and they need to feel engaged at that point I think because when they're in the classroom you are asking them to take a step back mm. you are asking them to which is hard for teachers which is quite hard for yeah. teachers yeah and and only because they feel worthless and well, why do you need me then yeah um, so if they've already contributed, that's really important. Yes, I can see that. Yeah. Um, so and so, why is it important for students to do like if you've done it for half? That's a long time. Seven, you know, five lessons mm, a week or seven lessons mm, a week. Why is it important for students to do project-based learning then? Good question. I think the idea is, and 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 it's certainly true that um, 
I would always start everything about education with kind of efficacy and mm. students' own value of uh, a feeling of self worth. Yeah. And I and I, I I find it there's a huge difference between kids working really hard in their textbook, uh, sorry, in their exercise book for their exercise book to sit on the shelf, and then the next term they just move on and all that work just sat on the shelf. Yeah. And they might shut them up. That one point. Yeah, that. maybe. Maybe. And a project where they know that they're going to have this big evening and they're going to be stood in front display of... The, display it. their work. And I think that's huge for their efficacy and for wanting... Um, getting them to understand what it means to go out in the world and make an impact on the world. And mm. that we do value what you say and that we do care about your opinion. And, and so, first of all, I think that, that it provides that. Mm-hmm. Also, the, the projects you're running are real world. Yeah. So, again, that's going to build their confidence. Oh, they actually want, you know, I've been thinking about it. We used to do a bit about British colonialism. And um, sometimes it would touch on, like, Israel-Palestine. And it's, a, it's crazy how many kids have thought about Israel-Palestine. I, I worked in a very kind of um, Muslim area of, of uh, East London. And kids have heard that debate happening mm. with their parents. In their homes, And yeah. they're very aware that they might be getting one side of that. And they want to explore They want that. to know more. They love it. Yeah. Um, so you're bringing the real world in. So that hopefully that gets their real engagement. I would also say just in terms of like higher ability students, mm-hmm. you're not starting a lesson with these are your objectives. So this is the top of where you can get to. That's if, true. Even if you do this differentiated objective, this is the top of where you can get yeah. to. You actually can totally fly <clears throat> in this lesson and on this project. And I don't know where you might get to. No, and then I'm it might be students that really surprise you that you didn't. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm not going to limit that in any way, shape or form. Another really great thing for parents, uh, and, and you know, bring parents in, is that project-based was the thing that I used to, at parents' evening, have parents say, oh, it's great, because they really talk to me about it. Mm. And I can really help them. And I know yeah. what they're doing. Well, I, yeah, they probably have expertise in, with parents absolutely. as well, like, relates to what they're sure, doing. Sure, And the kids, like, quite often, because they'll be making something, you know, their mum or their auntie or whatever can sit down and help them do that. Yeah. Whereas, actually, sort of more traditional works, so what paid it's harder for them to really engage. Mm. So I think it worked really well for parental engagement as okay. well. Okay. But then how do you come up with a challenging problem or question to explore? <laughs> because um, to make sure that you get the engagement yeah. the students. Yeah, really, um, to be honest, I've probably based it too much on my own passions. Mm-hmm. I, think you, I think the teacher has to be passionate about it. A lot of my projects I think have a kind of political slant because that's my passion but I know for instance um, School 21 they do Harkness debates Mm -hmm. so they they teach kids how to do a Harkness debate and and they they have a whole big strand running through their school of oracy and the kids come up with the projects. I was just about to yeah. ask actually if students are ever involved in the process Absolutely. of coming up with I, To be honest with you, we have not done that. Mm. Um, but Do you, can you see the benefits of involving 100%, students? 100%, yeah, 100%. I mean, you are trying to tick off the curriculum as well. Yes, of course. So you have to um, make sure that is there. But I think it would work best backwards planning if you said to them, what are you really passionate about? How could a project look? Then where can we tie the curriculum in? Yes. Yes, that could definitely happen. All right. Um, I haven't got much experience in that bit. So which ties to the, the relationship between project-based learning and mastery. 
so as I was saying really you know um, you're not limiting the students um, I think if you're talking about a lot of mastery you really mean skills as well as knowledge yeah. you really mean that understanding that coming together of skills and knowledge and I think um, we need to be aware that we have to explicitly teach skills mm. sometimes um, it was really hard I've tried to design lessons on um, creative thinking I'm going to teach you to be a creative thinker like, <laughs> yeah. wow, can you do like, that can you do yeah. that or I'm going to teach you to be a problem solver yeah. but I think we really need to try and develop our practice in teaching explicit skills because too often what happens is we say we're doing uh, project based learning or an inquiry and the kids are going to use all these skills because mm. they're working in a group and they're doing this and they're doing that but there's no real structure or framework on how they improve that Mm. And I think sometimes you need to stop and do a couple of lessons on teamwork. Mm -hmm. And then when they're doing it, they float around and they give feedback from the success criteria that you talked about in the lesson. So, you, again, you're using traditional teaching, but to develop that kind of wider um, scope. And then the mastery is about how the kids put that put that all together yeah. in the project. And it's interesting because traditionally you sort of see in here that in, like they use a, a lot of inquiry mm -hmm. in primary, for example. Definitely and uh, yeah. which is, uh, and I was talking to some primary uh, teachers in previous pod, <laughs> how, how they can take the skills yeah. that they've done in the large-scale inquiry that we've had yeah. into their classroom, where a lot of them said, well, we're already doing that. That's yeah. sort of part of how we yeah. teach in primary. Yeah. So why why do you think not more? Do you think or do you think more secondary teachers are they doing that as well? Or if not, why not? I don't know, and I, it's difficult for me to comment on yeah, yeah, what no, secondary just... teachers are doing. I definitely think when I when we first when I first did a thematic year seven scheme of work, it was because we really recognised the massive difference between what they were doing in primary and coming up into mm. secondary and it was to really try and bridge that gap and I think um, I was lucky enough to visit some of the primary schools and some of the work they're doing there is fantastic and I think we were honest with ourselves and said that in year seven we were de-skilling a lot of the time mm -hmm. um, in secondary we were they were we were asking them to do things that they could do when they were in year three and four and thinking that was the start of secondary, mm. you know. At Garden, we have a huge, and we already do so much work together as a through yes. school. I mean, we're so, lucky that we're on one campus. 100%, yeah. And so um, that gap doesn't exist in the same in the same sense. Why do I think, I mean, look, one of the strengths... Don't I think, get me wrong. I mean, I don't want an angry mob of GIS that secondary <laughs> school teacher coming at me saying, we are doing this. I'm just saying... Yeah, and I'm not going to comment on it. No. But one thing I would say is that... Um, project-based learning works really well when departments work cross-curricularly. Okay. So I th and, and I don't, but I don't necessarily think that's like everyone. No, of I think not. it works really well when you kind of go, there's the maths department, there's the music department, please can you make a project together? Mm -hmm. um, because if you have too many people, it just gets so broad that everyone thinks they're getting their own priorities out of it and no one's getting any. Mm. But that kind of cross-department... Um, encourages the maths department to do something different yeah. and the music department to do something different maybe in terms of how they structure the lesson or the activities within the lesson so um, working like one or two or three departments maybe max 
across can be a really good way I think of um, getting secondary teachers to maybe work a little bit more like primary yeah interesting mm. I mean I don't know if you in at DIS we also have the cross-curricular history drama um, inquiry so okay. year five and year seven work together oh, awesome. with drama and history which work really well as yeah. well so basically the year sevens become the facilitators of the history uh, cool. and then they have to come up with ideas to so create a sort of uh, yeah inquiry for the year fives and then nice. explore and that works really well yeah and well, um, especially for let's say for example the year sevens who were year fives at GIS as well mm. they're like oh I remember this and so they oh. remember what they liked and what they didn't like and mm. then adapt and that's been, that's a very interesting. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, um, to, to watch and see how they yeah. get on. It's just it's a day. Yeah. But yeah. you know they do really well. Yeah, and it was great to see the inquiry have five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. Like I really enjoyed having a class of mixed. You know, mixed. Um, I mean, you get very different people, very very different. Yeah, but you do um, within years as well. That's right? exactly so. it. Yeah. I mean, I was looking at two year fives with very different. Questions, yeah, exactly. You know, and then you'd have a year nine who might have a, a question similar to a year, five. you know, yeah, five. Yeah. It it all, yeah. It's difficult to just yeah. cut it with one knife in that sense. I think. Yeah, and like I, in my previous school, we used vertical tutoring, and there are a lot of um, positives to having tutor groups mixed as well, mm. even though it becomes downsides. But it, it's great when I'm really big on kids being advocates and representing themselves or the school. And when you've got older ones doing things for the younger ones, it's it's a really powerful thing. I yeah. Think. And do you think project-based learning helps with that? Yeah, I do. I do. I think you're. I mean, there's all the independence that comes with it, mm. right? And um, again, the advocacy and the oracy. So I think you see those skills being able to be used in like the student leadership team mm. even in the sports teams in all those areas where kids act as representatives mm. um, uh, they can do that in learning in classrooms as well and, and that's what project-based learning can encourage all right any last famous words would you like to <laughs> no I'm just I'm, I'm totally not an expert I'm just talking about my you just experience. want to get that in there very yeah, quickly yeah I know I don't want to be the um, I'm not trying to come across as, as like what Garden does with the inquiry is far bigger than what I've done and I don't think that any of my ideas are necessarily the massive solutions to uh, which is why it, we're talking about project based learning yeah, in general yeah. yeah but it was fantastic to see a school go all guns out and everybody working together mm. um, to do inquiry week that was awesome great thank you David thank Whitney. you <laughs>